You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the latest edition of From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Tons of stuff to catch you up on from the NFL draft here in Kansas City. It was a very busy weekend for the Kansas City Chiefs. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, general manager Brett Veach, as well as all the newest members of the Chiefs. That's all coming up, and you can check the order in the show description if you'd like with all of the timestamps for this supersized episode of From the Podium. All right. So uh, with, the, with our first pick here, we are glad to welcome aboard and you, DK Uzama. How did I do? That was good. Felix. Felix. And uh, Felix is a heck of a player from Kansas State, defensive end. Uh, we love his ability to rush the passer and play the run. He does it, does both very well. Um, he's also a Kansas City native here, so we, we appreciate um, that part of it too. But uh, most of all, a good football player. When you're picking right there at 31, uh, you try to take the best player that's available to you on the board, and and he was that guy. And so we, we feel very comfortable bringing him into our program. Great kid. Had a chance to hang with him here uh, during our local pro day and um, enjoyed enjoyed talking with him and visiting with him there. So that time, yours. What was the conversation like when you placed the call? And, you know, on his end, they're seeing, you know, one area drive coming up across the car. I yeah, so uh, Brett called him uh, initially and talked to him. By the time I got to him, there was no, he couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear him. So <laughs> I was just passing the phone on. But uh, they, they were, he was obviously at a party. There was a party going on there. Yeah. When you grab a guy like that, how much is, is Spags in your ear about how he fits with what he likes to do on defense? Yeah, no, Spags, listen, Spags and, and the – and our defensive staff did a great job of sorting all these guys out. Joe Cullen and <clears throat> um, is re- relentless with uh, with the value. He evaluates everybody. You just give him somebody. You find somebody that says defensive line on. He's going to evaluate him. Um, that's Joe Cullen. I'm talking about. So he uh, he loved him. Spags loved him, and you know, it was pretty easy. Pretty easy decision right there. And what do you see as his readiness? How close is he to being able to? Yeah, no, I think he, he oh, he'll definitely, I think, be able to, you know, bar an injury or something like that. But I think uh, he'll be able to help us right away. Yeah. In both phases of the game, pass, rush, run Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I think he, he can give you a good, you know, snaps in both both places. Andy, how much will this obviously this position as a premium Yeah, well, we kind of start there in the offensive line and and uh, check those out and make sure we're in good position in both. And we thought we could use another uh, defensive lineman, either interior <clears throat> or an edge rusher. And uh, 
hard edge player, and so he, he fits into fits into that. You know. I'd probably tell you yes. I feel that way. Yeah. The, <clears throat> but what you want to do is you want to bring in guys that can play, but also add great competition. That kind of makes everybody better. Uh, and particularly when you're down there low. I thought Brent did a great job of staying disciplined with what the board was showing him, and not going, you know, going somewhere of just absolute need, you know. So, and some of that's because we don't have a lot of those. Fair to say you see him fitting in. The, the role Frank Clark used to have in that Leo kind of opposite where George played most last year? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where he's most comfortable, what side he's most comfortable on and go from there. But I think he'll work in. We'll have a nice rotation there, I think, once it's all said and done. <coughs> what uh, Joe Cullen was able to do with George last year and, and how productive he was down the stretch, just how confident are you that he could maybe do the same with, with Paul Davis? Yeah, I think he'll – listen, I, I think you, you get that same – uh, same playtime amount uh, from him. You know, again, we'll just see. I mean, that's a long ways away, but uh, that's we felt comfortable enough in the first round to take him and not trade ourselves out of the first round, which we had opportunities to do. But we felt we wanted to stay right there and take him. Coach, you said, Coach, you said, you know, when you had the local pro day, what what did he do that stood out that? You know, from the rest of the local talent that you you outside of going that direction. Well, he didn't work out. He stood right next to me, so <clears throat> he, uh, you know, he didn't. He came up just to, to kind of talk to us and and didn't do his workout at that time. Andy, last year, um, George Karloftis was known for playing a lot of snaps, being durable in his college career. Felix seems to have the same sort of makeup. Just how much of that is a benefit to the scouting and obviously getting enough take to see what he can do horse bags with Joe Cullen. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that, that was big for that, that part of it. Um, I know our guys came out feeling very comfortable uh, about the way he plays, and I think I'm answering your question there, but I mean, I, I think the guys, they felt uh, comfortable with all the stuff that they saw there, yeah. He just turned 21 in January. How do you guys kind of see him evolving over the next few years? Yeah, so what, so, what you know yeah he's young. Um, so, I, listen, I, you're going to see growth in that first year, probably a little bit less the second year, but you'll still get, get some, and that's normal. Uh, again, I'd like to get hands on him before I start filling all that in. Right, Herbie, are you okay back there? I'm, I'm okay. I'm I mean, okay. he just stepped right in your way to take the picture. So I know. He's, he's okay. Don't get upset. I'm good. Matt, go ahead, bud. Coach, just looking at the human element, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, the draft is in Kansas City, you just took a Kansas City kid. Just how special is that? Yeah, I think it's neat. Uh, and then, yeah, the draft's right here in Kansas City. I know the people down uh, down at the draft were excited. I, uh, we, we had it on the TV, and <clears throat> they were fired up about it. So Kansas State, Kansas City, you know, it's uh, and then the draft, I think that's a real positive. I was proud of our fans. I mean, they showed up like crazy today down there. That was a neat deal. Andy, you said you had an opportunity to try out. I mean, did you seriously consider that? And I just wondered if Clark had any, you know, pull in that situation to want to announce that for Yeah, well, I don't think he would have risked that, you know, if we if we felt like we wanted to trade out. So, um, but you get to that point, and 
you know, people, if you're that pick, you're going to have opportunities to trade out. And so people were calling us. But again, yeah, we felt very comfortable taking them. Good. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank Good. All right, well, appreciate you guys sticking around. Uh, it's uh, one of those good problems to have when you have to wait to the end of the draft to, to make a selection. But uh, needless to say, we're excited to add uh, Felix to this roster. And um, just want to first give a shout-out to the, the amazing fans that um, filled the streets downtown. What an awesome sight. What an awesome night for Kansas City. Um, you know, all the feedback I got from all the, the NFL members downtown working this game, um, they couldn't be more excited for the turnout tonight. And... Um, Again, uh, quite an exciting night for us, and um, excited to add Felix to this roster. And with that, I'll take your questions. What was the conversation like when you first, you know, called him, and you know, he sees one area of draft coming up on his car ID? Oh no, he was super excited, and um, you know, it's one thing obviously just to get drafted in the NFL, but then um, to have a local kid um, to get that call uh, on draft night while the draft being held in Kansas City. Um, needless to say, he was he was really excited, and. Um, um, you know, obviously the conversation went really well. Right, what jumps out to you as, as a prospect looking at him over the last few years? Yeah, well, we had a chance to see him, obviously, for playing right down the right right down the road there in Manhattan. But uh, you know, one of the younger guys in the draft too. I think he's just turned 21, and um, you know, he's done nothing but grow and and, and develop. Um, you know, throughout the last couple of years, and you know, we're excited for for Steve and to Joe and for Joe Cole to get it. You know, get their hands on him now and, and continue that growth and trajectory uphill. But again, uh, anytime you can add a premium position, um, one of the youngest players in the draft, and, and have that to work with for a long time is, is something we're excited about. You guys rotate your linemen a lot. Just how confident are you that by even day one, you can get you know that reg into that regular rotation? Yeah, no, I feel real good, especially about um, you know not just the prospect, but uh, the coaching staff we have. I mean, those guys. Um, um, great teachers, great coaches, and um, you know we had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with Felix again, being being so close. So uh, again, Joe's excited, Steve's excited, and you know I think he'll he'll come right in here and having him next to George now for the next you know handful of years is, is something that those guys will will quickly develop a bond. That'll be a good um, one-two tandem there for the next few years. Yeah, you mentioned uh, when you guys got on the clock, was he the clear-cut? Top guy left on your board? Was there a group there that you had to choose? No, he was the top guy. And, you know, we did have some calls. Um, and I think maybe Coach mentioned that. Um, you, you know, it, it's a situation, though, when, when you have a guy that is, you know, clearly the top guy left, and, and, and then, you know, the calls that we had were, uh, you're talking mid 40s, um, it's a long way away, and then you're going to end up just trading those picks to try to get back up and, and get a guy like Felix. So uh, we thought, let's not get cute here. Uh, there's a guy we like, position that we need. And we'll just go ahead and, and make the pick, and certainly glad we did. What about the uh, possibility of trading up earlier in the round? How yeah. close were you close at all? In we had, yeah, we had conversations, and, and um, you know, some of the teams um, that we spoke to earlier in the day. I mean, you know, the price was was pretty steep at, at the time, and then there was a window. Uh, I think you know, minus the the Bills moving up two spots with the four, um, there was conversations that we had with teams, but. Um, you know, when it was their time to pick, they just they were staying. They weren't trading. So, um, you know, Jacksonville had that that small move with Buffalo there for, and you know, the teams around they were not interested in trading. Um, and then teams higher than that, there, you know, the asking price was was a lot. And you know, having picks the next couple of days, having a two, uh, three, two fours, um, we still want to deal in volume here. We want to get some good players, and um, you know, we just thought it was. You know the best to, to keep those picks and, and, and to have Arsenal the next few days. Right. You, you mentioned, mentioned some of the advice. Oh, 
You mentioned just the, the premium position. Did you go into this draft saying got to get an edge rusher in the first X amount of rounds or anything? Well, I think, you know, just looking at our roster, I mean, there were check boxes that we, we wanted to address uh, throughout the weekend. And, you know, whether that was defensive end or um, a skill position or offensive line or what have you, uh, we just wanted to, you know, to come away with, with one of those premium positions right off the bat and then work from there and see how the board goes. But, um, again, when we were sitting there at 31, I mean, he was he was the top guy on the board and it made that decision e- easy. So did he rise up your board specifically because of your need or because of his position? Well, he he was on our – are you asking if he rose as the draft was going on? No, or just No. Even before the draft was yeah. placed, and was it more based on where you need or just the player himself? Uh, well, Really, the player himself. Uh, we, you know, we're going to set our board, and our board is going to stay locked in, and then we're just um, going to follow the board. And then when we get to our pick, I mean, it, it you know, it's pretty easy. I think when you sit that board and, and stay true to it, and we, when you get to your pick, you know, you face that a decision of you know, take the highest guy on your board or trade down. And again, then you're looking at a scenario where you're just probably trying to trade back up to get the same player. So um, he was a top guy on the board, he was position in need, so it made sense at the time. And um, you know, again, certainly excited for for the next few days and and you know the additional picks we have coming up. Brad, how, how do you feel now about that group of guys you have on the edge? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's it's a good group. We got a good uh, a lot of young guys now. We we brought in Charles and we have some flex with Charles and now we have George. Um, Felix is in there, and, and certainly with Chris, um, Turk Wharton's coming back from an injury now, so we're excited to get him back, and, and he looks good. So, uh, again, you can't have enough depth on that defensive line, and um, that's something we're always gonna gonna look to add and, and um, so we're excited to add add Felix tonight and, and get ready um, for tomorrow and, and for Saturday. Right. You mentioned some of the excitement from Joe and, and Spags about getting Felix. What is it about Felix that excites them and even what excites you about having him on the floor? Uh, just the motor, the relentless effort. Um, again, a guy that had a, a ton of production at, at Kansas State and as I mentioned, just turned 21. So you know, a majority of this production was coming in a, in a big, um, big time conference at 19 and 20 years old. So um, I think every year he's been there, you can see the growth and development, and, and being so young, uh, still think there's a, a, a huge window for him to continue to grow and develop. And um, you know, we're excited that we get him at this stage of his career and being so young, got a lot of years to work with him and, and continue to grow and develop him. Right. It seemed around. Uh, Andy credited you for having discipline tonight. How difficult was it to maintain discipline? Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just trying to calculate and, you know, when, when you're on the clock there and, you know, teams are trying to trade up there right at the end, um, just trying to read the board. And I, I think it, you know, it wasn't that hard just because, again, the trade offers were so far down in, in the mid-40s where um, you, you just try to quickly do the math in, in your mind and, and think about, um, you know, the board and how it's likely, likely to play out tomorrow. Um, just the fact of the matter was it was just a matter of us having to use a lot of those assets to go right back up. And um, sometimes when you get too cute, you just miss out on a good player. So we just wanted to sit there and, and do what made sense, and that was just make the selection. How many guys did you have first-round grades on this year? I think we had, you know, a handful of guys, 16, 18 guys, and, you know, Felix was, was right up there in that list. I mean, you know, these lists are, are different depending on whether or not you count the quarterbacks, right? So, um, you know, we have a little different model that we use just to kind of project where guys are going to go and, and what we're going to do. But, um, you know, I think all these teams, um, by the time you get to the 20s, you know, you're picking on guys, though, that, you know, if they're not first-round value picks, they're, I mean, they're high twos. So, um, you know, these drafts turn into, you know, first-rounders are, are 15, and then even the picks at, you know, 25, 28, um, 30, they're right there. So these values are all the same when you get to pick 31. Fred, it seemed like around 20 there was that wide receiver run and then a pretty meaty 
positional fit maybe for the Chiefs mm -hmm. that, that how did the strategy change maybe like during that point? And was there a temptation to maybe overspend and, and try to get someone in that, in that window? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, Pete, the, the run was there with, with the wideouts there. And, um, we we had uh, gotten out in front of that though, and you know I think we kind of knew where the market was, and um, you know obviously there were a few teams that were up there that were AFC teams, and they weren't interested in, in talking to us and trading with us, and um, uh, you know after you get locked out of there of not being able to trade, um, um, you know then it comes into well we'll we will do it, but it's going to be you know the asking price is going to be even more than what you would think, so um, just one of those things that you just got to stay disciplined and know that um, the object is to fill out a deep talented roster, and you know you have to work in, with the strength of numbers. And obviously, our guys do a great job of identifying talent throughout the, the course of the draft. And so I think that's you know the part of just being disciplined there. Um, you know you could be too aggressive at times, but you know when teams want. Um, it's a little bit tougher sometimes when you're dealing with teams and you know in certain positions that are in your division or conference or what have you or teams that you're likely to play that you know the asking price may be more so um you know we were aware of that and then it was just a matter of you know doing doing what made sense for our team in the long run Fred, he seems like a pretty durable player given the last two years i just wonder if that was an element of it too and if the medical situation yeah. was minimal i guess compared to maybe other yeah Durable, um, healthy, young, and, and again, a guy that plays a premium position, a guy that has continued to grow and develop, and uh, again, had a lot of exposure uh, of seeing him a ton and, and got a chance to, to meet with him on multiple occasions. Um, but certainly that played into it. And again, a ton of production for a guy that really did the bulk of that work at 19, 20 years old in those big-time conferences, going against some really good tackles the last couple of years. I mean, all, a lot of these guys have gotten drafted early and played early, and they've had success in the NFL. So, um you know, sky's the limit there, and you know, um, with our coaching staff, we're excited uh, for him to, to come in here and, and continue this uh, uh, upward trajectory. Last one, Herb. Coach, oh, not Coach Brett. With first round in the books now and then, you just reset your draft board for day two of the draft. Um, what would you say your priorities are going into day two, uh, specific to wide receiver and maybe even offensive tackle? Yeah, I think with. You know, maybe, Herb, you can make a case for other than the linebacker. I think, you know, uh, again, I, I've been down this road a few times, and you may go into a season and thinking that you're good at a position. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I think our first football run in 19, we lost three defensive ends, like, you know, within a matter of three or four weeks. So um, you got to plan and prepare for a 20-game season, hopefully. And, um, and and I think when you have that mindset, um you know these guys that line up and, and start week one they never end up you know being the same starting lineup week 17 18 19 20 into the playoffs so um you know other than positions i think that we just have numbers and there's just not enough play time to go around i think you know anything's on the table whether it be offensive line um more defensive line cornerbacks receivers um and, and that's where i think you just stay true to the board and when you have a guy that um when you know the value fits where you're picking and um you know, other than you can make case for linebacker, I think anything can be on the table for sure. Brad, last week I believe you mentioned about the wealth of defensive backs in this year's draft. And just listen to that from what you said. Um, obviously, you spent a lot of premium on defense and defensive backs last year. Can, is that still in your in your thought process? Position of need as, as the race to depth that you talked about. Right well, I think it's an opportunity where it's a it's a one of those, you know, premium positions. I think you're going to find a lot of guys that are super talented and come in right away and, and, and not just make the team, but push for playing time. So um, anytime you have, 
one of those positions and you have a lot of depth and numbers and I, I don't think you you know you discount um well maybe you need another this or that when you have a guy that you think is like tomorrow if we're picking at 63 and there's a guy that you know we felt as a um second round talent cornerback and um you know he's on the board i think you know you'd stay true to the board just like we did tonight all right thank you awesome thank you, thank you, thanks hey felix i'm gonna hit our unmute button there it should pop up for you okay hey, perfect you got us yes i do Awesome. All right, Felix. Well, listen, you you probably know some of these people on these on this call here. Um, this is our entire local media base who have probably been watching you for quite a while now. Oh my um, god! <laughs> but uh, we're we're uh, we're excited to have you, man. And we we got some guys lined up here to ask you a few questions if you're ready for us. Okay, let's bring it on. Beautiful. All right, we're gonna start first with Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Felix. What's up, man? Um, I'm doing good. Did- what was uh what was your draft party like? And um, we were all wondering if you considered coming into uh, the building to do this uh, since you're so close. Oh, right now? <laughs> I said, what was your draft party like? Oh no, it was it was it was amazing. Um, it was just a lot of people, a lot of emotions. They're more excited than me for sure. Um, it was just at first I wanted small people because I'm the type of person that I don't like big. I like all the attention on me, so it just be my family, but. I mean, it worked out good. I got drafted by probably my, my literally my favorite team growing up. So um, it was just definitely a dream come true. And then what were your pre-draft conversations like with the Chiefs? Uh, it was pretty It was pretty good. I went to their pro day. I talked with the coaches. I liked the, literally the scheme and everything. And then that's really the only time I didn't really have an official because, I mean, I think it's, I went to the pro day. And then I, went, I had a Zoom call with them, but no formal during the uh, combine. So. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Felix, uh, congratulations and uh, uh, welcome again to Kansas City. Um, You could have gone back to K-State for another year or two. Um, What told you you were ready to play in the NFL? Was there something maybe for the game or whatever it might have been that told you uh, you were ready? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. So the the thing that made me ready was, first of all, I had a great season in 2021. And then I told myself if I had a good season this this season, uh, I'm going to come out. And plus, the, the scheme for Kansas State is not the scheme that's ideal for NFL. So I was, and I'm not the type of person to transfer like that. So I told myself if I had a good season, still produce more, um, I'll, I'll, I'll come out. And I also had input from um, Chris Vaughn, Deuce's dad, who's a Cowboys scout. So he was just saying uh, all this stuff about like if I'm worthy to come out again or come out this this year, or if I would be drafted or anything like that. So I made the decision. Asked my family. They told me to to come out. So I just trusted him. I trusted my heart and I trust in God. Was there anybody else you relied on for, for information in that no. regard? Mm-mm. Just Deuce's dad. All right. We'll go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Felix, congratulations. So, you know, you come from Lee Summit, you, you go to Kansas state, which obviously it is local. And now you're uh, staying with the Chiefs, what about uh, this city um, has has made it such a home for you, and and how happy are you that you get to continue that and, and stay in this area? Um, it's it's number one love. Um, I remember going to my first Chiefs game uh, back when I was seven years old. Um, from that, I just fell in love with this. Um, back in the Matt Castle days, it's funny. Back in the Matt Castle days, back whenever we were like one in twelve, and we beat the Green Bay Packers, and we're all excited because we just beat like the best the Packers at the time. It was it's a dream come true. Um, also, just I remember me and my friends just went up to the training camp just to uh, go watch Kelsey, just Kelsey and the Chiefs literally just uh, play. 
it's coming full circle, which is crazy. And it's unbelievable that I'm in this position that I'm a Kansas City Chief. So um, definitely going to celebrate with my family and everything else. And I'm, thank I'm thankful for the Kansas City Chiefs fan because I was one of the Kansas City Chiefs fans. So I know how diehard we are for the Chiefs. So <laughs> Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Give her a shot there, Mick. You got her? All right, we'll come back to you. Let's go to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Felix, congratulations, man. Um, I mean, what's the most surreal part of this night for you, that the draft was in Kansas City, that the Chiefs selected you, and what was the, what were you hearing ahead of time about where you might go? Did you think the first round was a realistic possibility, or were you prepared um, to – the thing like is, tomorrow. I in my heart, in my heart, I feel like first round possibility. I had other people saying, "Oh, second round, you're a second rounder." People on the media saying second rounder. I saw Kansas Chiefs post me three times, so I'm like, okay, I'm destined to go to the Chiefs. I saw you guys uh, left Frank Clark. Frank Clark was one of my favorite pass rushers watching him, and I was just like, listen, if he if he left, like I can definitely have input for the team, especially I'm a young rusher and I can learn from the people ahead of me. So I mean. It was just a wild experience, especially KC and the draft, having the draft in KC, me coming out this year. This any this is all I dreamed of. Like, this is literally – I had a dream of this, like, four times in my lifetime. And it's crazy how this – I'm living in the moment. I'm literally stepping foot. Um, tomorrow I'm going to probably wake up and check my phone and make sure that I'm still on the Kansas City Chiefs. Make sure um, – it's honestly surreal. And I'm glad to be a part of the Chiefs. I'm glad to be a part of winning culture. Got to be a part of Andy Reid and everything else. And I thank Beach so much for even having me on, on the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Felix. Congratulations. With talking with Joe Cullen and Steve Spagnuolo, just what was your impression of them? And uh, how do you feel like you'll fit, considering that I'm sure you, you watch the team uh, throughout yeah. your life? Um, he, like, his philosophy is very simple. And it's, I love simple. Um He's like, literally, if you can just attack the ball and use your ability, and there's, the, like, obviously certain stunts like that. It's, and then if you can attack the ball, like, he wants you. And he he liked how I um had a great motor because he likes high-motor guys, and he likes everything about, like, my playing style. So when I, whenever he said that, he was like, yeah, once you become a Kansas City Chiefs, and I was like, hold on, Kansas City Chiefs? Like, at first I was, like, a chill, but, I mean, it's, it's surreal now. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Felix, congratulations. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, three years ago when you were going off to K-State, you were what, like 215, 220? You know, yeah. you've put on like 40 pounds since then and, and grown so much. What what led to that transformation? What what was it about? Um, it? Uh, the transformation is I just um, – I had a belief in my heart. Just I was like, listen, I saw Kayvon Thibodeau. I saw his story, how he was very small and still like had a lot of offers. I saw – Chase Young, how he had an amazing year that year. So I was just looking at the film and I was like, I want to be them. I like, I was like, how, how, how can anybody stop me from being like them? So that's why I was just like, listen, I'm going to work my butt off quarantine, the whole quarantine. I didn't play any video games and barely watch any shows. The only thing I did was just watch their highlights over and over and every day and then work out in my basement and eating a lot so I could work on my body and just, just get anything tactics and stuff like that. Look at the passwords moves. How do they, um, how they were like good and stuff like that. So that's what I did the whole time. And it just, it's dream come true. And it, all the hard work pays off. And I'm glad I did what I did at quarantine instead of just sitting around, just watching TV. 
All right, we've got four more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Josh Briscoe. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, Felix. Uh, Veach just talked for a little bit about how, you know, just being 21, just turning 21 in January uh, was, you know, maybe one of the younger players in the draft. How much more development do you think your game is still going to have? And are there any specific things that you oh. want to work on in this next phase? Yeah, the next phase, I want to work on my upper body. I want to work on my hand placement. I want to work on a lot of things. There's a lot of things I want to work, work on because I'm only 21 years old. So um, it's just a it's just a dream come true again a dream come true, and I'm me me being a younger rusher. There's a lot of things that I can um, get from the older players about like how to prefer, perform the next level, what you need to do, tips and stuff like that. So in a couple of years, I can still be a veteran while being probably twenty twenty three or twenty two or twenty four. So and then have a long career. So um, I'm glad I came early, came out this early, being young. I'm glad I took the opportunity, and I'm glad I'm I'm the freaking Kansas City Chief. Go next to Jesse Newell. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, Felix. You mentioned the pro day, the local pro day the Chiefs had, and Andy Reid said he liked talking to you there. Can you just share some of the conversations you had and kind of the vibe you um, got from them? It was, just, it was very just – it was just a general conversation. Just me and him were just chatting up. Asked about his shoes. He was laughing. He told me his best experience in college. Like, we were literally just chop chopping it up like he was – I was just one of – like, we're just friends. Like, we had a good conversation. He asked me about my family. He asked me about everything. I asked him about his family, like – and even kind of little personal stuff, I was just like, hey, what happened with, like, I heard, like, stuff that happened in the previous years about with your family. Tell me some more about that. And he, he dived deep in. It was just a general genuine conversation, and I um, appreciate that, really. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Felix, I wonder if you could take me through your day. I mean, I know you had an event kind of down near the draft this afternoon, right? I did not mean to do that. Did did you uh did you go see the big crowd before you headed out home? I did. That's it. funny. Nobody knew who I was. It was funny. I went to go see the big crowd. I have a picture of it actually. Uh, it's it's so real. I had a picture of it, and um, nobody knew who it was. I was just saying what's up to everybody. Everybody's like, "What's up? What's up? What's up?" So, um, if I go back now, they're probably gonna be like, "Oh, no way!" So, um, yeah, I got the experience. Um, it was very <laughs> it was very genuine, and oh my gosh, I was with Deuce Vaughn, my literally my best friend. So um, we just had a good experience uh, down there. And the last one is Mackenzie Nelson. Go ahead, Mackenzie. Hey, Felix, congratulations. I just wanted to ask you, you obviously got your name called tonight. You've got some of your K-State teammates that could hear their names called tomorrow and throughout the rest of the draft. Did they reach out to you tonight? Were you with them? And, and what do you have to oh, say yeah. to them too? I was with Deuce. I was with Deuce Vaughn. And then also um, I was with – also I was with um, – oh, sorry. Oh my gosh! Oh, sorry, this is crazy. Okay. Also, I was with, I was just Deuce, with Deuce Vaughn, and then uh, Julius Brents uh, contacted me too, and thank, congratulated me, and thanked me every day. All right, Felix. Hey, listen, man, we appreciate you taking the time. Go enjoy your night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Oh my gosh, this is again. Thank you so much. This is a dream come true. It's unbelievable. Thank you so much. I talk to him, told him I'll call him back whenever I can. So when I get off of here, I'm going to call him back. I'm really excited about that. What was that experience like working with him? It was great. I mean, like I said, you can't complain about anybody like him. I mean, he made me seem like I was one of the best part in the world, putting him exactly where it needed to be. So let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Rishi, congratulations. If someone was asking you which receivers historically maybe you like to model your, your game after, who would that be? And then just generally speaking, how would you describe what you bring to the table? Um, I would probably say DeAndre Hopkins, just because, I mean, we both attack the ball real aggressive, and then you never know what we can do when the ball's in our hands.
Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Rashid. Something similar, but just um, where do you like to play on the field? I mean, I saw where you lined up in college primarily, but can you kind of describe the, the perfect role for you in an offense and starting with where you line up? Uh, honestly, I would say anywhere, you know, there's a mismatch. I feel like I can play outside or inside. So wherever the coach was like, I need to be on the field to make a play, now I'm there. It doesn't really matter to me. And just secondly, it seemed like just based on watching the, the quick highlight clip they showed afterwards that you like to play physical. Just wondering where that nature comes from. Um, it comes from loving the game that I'm playing. I mean, it's not only one part of, to the game beside. I mean, you could catch the ball, but when the running back got the ball in his hands, you got a block too. I just do my job all around. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Richie, I wanted to clear something up first. Did you say that – uh, one of the coaches had called you and you put them on on call waiting to take a call from Pat and tell him you call him back? So I was on hold watching it on TV and uh, Pat called me. So I answered it and told him I'll call him back as soon as I get the call. Okay, okay. Um, and then uh, also, what's your relationship like with Shane Michelle? I know you you uh, touch Pat, uh, you cross paths with him a little bit. I mean, uh, have you talked to him much during this draft process? And what did he tell you about Kansas City? Yeah, I talked to him the whole time during the draft process. Um, talked to him. I ran routes with him as well. He called me as soon as my name got called on the TV. Uh, I mean, that's my guy. I know we're going to have a great connection. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're just ready to make some plays like we did in college at SMU. Go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hey, welcome to Kansas City. Thank you. Were you surprised? I mean, how much contact had you had with the Chiefs? Did you talk to them, have interviews with them? You talk about with Mahomes, but what about the coaching staff? Uh, I had plenty of contact, you know. Uh, my 30 visit, it was great. Talked to Coach Reed. Uh, talked to Coach Embry. Um, I mean, Coach Coach Nagy. I mean, it just felt like I was at home as soon as I, as soon as I got there, and I knew it was the place that I wanted to be. All right, we've got four more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, um, the Chiefs, you do a lot of running with the wide receivers, too, on jet sweeps and things. I didn't see you had a lot of stats doing that, but they did show a highlight of you doing that. Um, is that something you're interested in doing in the National Football League? Do you like seeing that from the Chiefs offense? Of course. I love when the ball's in my hand. It doesn't really matter. Go next to Jesse Newell. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, Rishi. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, you talked about Patrick calling you and working out with him. Do you have any sense that he might have had a say in this pick and might have tried to handpick you for this one? Man, 100%. And if he did, I appreciate him all the way, man. When I get a chance, when I get off all this, I'm going to call him as soon as I can. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, congratulations. I just wanted to ask, as a four-year player in college, where do you feel like your college experience most prepared you uh, for this NFL opportunity? Um, I would say freshman year, just because – Honestly, the first three years of college, just because I had to share the field with a lot of great other wide receivers, uh, James Boshe, Reggie Robertson, and Danny Gray. Uh, I mean, just kind of learning patience and learning, you know, when the ball is going to come to play, you got to make the best of the opportunity. Appreciate it. And let's go last. Oh, we got two more. Let's go to Matt McMullen next. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Rishi. Welcome to the Chiefs, man. Uh, if you could speak directly to Chiefs fans, uh, what would you tell them about the player they're getting and Rasheed Rice? Y'all getting a playmaker. Y'all getting somebody that really wants to be a part of the Chiefs program, Chiefs kingdom, man. We're going to go win another Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. We'll go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. 
Hey, Rashi, uh, welcome to Kansas City. Um, you could have come out for the draft last year, but you stayed in school for another year. Can you go through that uh, decision, why you decided you needed another year at uh, at SMU? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Uh, honestly, I knew there was two other great receivers coming out of my program at the time. And me, honestly, I felt like there was a lot more I could improve on in my game. So I stayed back one more year just to improve like I did. And did you feel like it was worth it? Uh, what areas do you feel like specifically you improved in? Uh, yeah, I think it was worth it 100%. I improved everywhere I could. Uh, route running, being strong, uh, just being aggressive on the field and, you know, kind of being able to take advantage of the opportunity of being like the number one go-to guy. All right, Rasheed, that's all we got for you, man. Appreciate you joining us and uh, go tell Patrick that you put him on hold for us. I got you. Appreciate you. <laughs> all right, man, we'll talk to you. See you. All right, see you. First, this is our local media that you're with. You're going to see a lot of these guys and girls uh, here uh, once you get here. But uh, we're just going to start and kick it off with questions, okay? So they're going to start firing at you here. You ready? Uh. Perfect. All right, we're going to start first with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Wanya. Congratulations. Uh, looks like you've had a bit of left tackle experience, more recently right tackle. Uh, which do you feel more comfortable if, if there's a side? And if not, just if you, you could just speak to your versatility there. Uh, uh, man, I think my versatility speaks for itself. But, you know, uh, I don't know where I'm going to go on there and play. I'm going to play whatever they need me to play. You know, uh, shoot, I just got drafted. So I'm just enjoying this moment right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how excited I am at this moment, man. Uh, Whatever they need to play, I'm going to play. That's, that's, that's that. All right, let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, a couple of things, Wanya. Uh, first thing I wanted to ask was just where are you? What, what was your draft setting like? Where were you doing when, uh, when, you, when you got the call? Man, I'm sitting down with my family, man. I was just sitting there talking to my friends, and my friend, my phone rang. picked it up fast. And, you know, as soon as I came in on the phone, the family just was ecstatic at that moment, man, because – I'm a big family person. I had them around me, so it's good to have them enjoy this moment with me. Did you have any indication it would be the Chiefs? Uh, I didn't, man, but hey, I'm glad I'm a Chief. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm glad I'm a Chief, man. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Wanya. Uh, congratulations, man. Um, uh, first thing I wanted to ask was um, – uh, what may what are some of the skills that you that you have that you think will translate well to the NFL and allow you to succeed there? And what are some things you feel like you maybe need to continue to work on a little bit? Uh, definitely, uh, things I can take with me is my journey, my ability to learn because you can never learn too much, man. Uh, my ability to learn from the new guys, the guys that they have there already in place, and just the ability just to uh, just to mold into the program. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do those things. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Wanya, congratulations. I'm going to ask you about a couple, an old teammate maybe and a guy that you've gone against who's going to be a teammate now. Uh, Trey Smith at Tennessee, right? Um, have you heard from him? Uh, how close are you guys and how excited are you to be back with him? Man, he was one of the first people who called me when I got the, uh, I got the pick, man. Uh, I can't tell you how, how good it feels to just – Get those acknowledgments from the guys that you see doing great in the league, and, and just to know that you, I'm gonna be right there back with them. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start off where we left off. So it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm really excited. Uh, let's go back to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. 
Hey, uh, Wanya, I was reading your bio. A couple of us were here, and uh, it said that you're named after one of the singers from Boys to Men. So I just wonder if you could tell me about that and, and how much fun you've had with that in, in your life, and if you have a favorite Boys to Men song. Uh, my favorite Boys to Men song is probably Motown Philly. That's that's my jam. But uh, uh, the story behind that, my mom is, aunt was just going back and forth with Tanami. It was between Faison and Wanya. And my auntie was like, Wanye, because, you know, his last name Morrison, I think that would be pretty cool to name him Wanye. So that's just how that fell out. So Let's go next to uh, Herbie Teope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, congratulations. You mentioned Trey and him being one of the first people to call you. What has he told you about what to expect when you get here uh, with the Chiefs? Man, he told me to expect work. Don't expect, don't expect anything. Don't go in there with any expectations. Go in there and just do your job and work. Just work your ass off, and that's what I'm finna do. Chief Nation, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go, John. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about uh, the first round draft pick of the Chiefs. You faced at K State, right, Felix? So, d- what are your remembrances of playing against him, and how excited are you to be his teammate as well? Oh man, strong, physically, man, fast, and hey, we're only gonna make each other better. So. To this point, it's just like, hey, let's work. Let's make sure they're better each and every day. Since we both got people to feed, so let's do it. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Wanya, congratulations. Um, you said you didn't know that you were going to the Chiefs, but um, how much contact did you have with, with Kansas City ahead of time? And and how, did, how how excited are you to be, you know, now protecting Patrick Mahomes? Hey man, I'm just I'm excited to be protecting the quarterback like that. That's a that's a billion dollar quarterback, uh, and I'm just excited just to go to work and play with my uh the people I played with before. You know, I got Creed, I know Creed pretty well, and they got Trey. So hey, there's no <laughs> wherever I play, it, it's gonna be great because I'm excited to get to work with my guys. You know, I just got drafted, so I'm still taking in this moment. It's hard to think about what I'm gonna do, what what things is gonna happen. You know, I'm still stuck in the moment. I'm right now. I'm still in shock. I'm still, I'm still all at the moment. So, let's go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad. I'll have uh, a second question as well. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on being drafted. Um, just curious, first of all, why you left Tennessee and went to Oklahoma? Can you go into that decision for us? Uh, uh, that was that was. My, you know, my head coach got fired, so. New spot, the Chiefs, and I just, you know, it's all, all is. Ethan, I'm ready. Oh, Wanya, you cut out on us. You still got me? Yeah, I still got you. I still got you. Gotcha. Okay, Adam, I think we had to have you muted. If you want to ask part two, Adam, you can go ahead. Okay, and um, so basically, you, you cut out there, but basically, your your coach got fired at Tennessee, and you. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. And so, what was what'd you get out of those two seasons you played at Oklahoma? You feel like it was a, a worthwhile move for you? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, you learn different things in different spots. You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm a firm believer in God, and I, I have a firm belief that everything happens for a reason. So, uh, my reason was I needed to mature and get away from home and just get uncomfortable, be comfortable being uncomfortable and. Coach B helped me be a become become a better player. So I'm just excited to just show what he taught me with the Chiefs, man. How's everyone doing? Good. Good.
good. All right. So we had two picks tonight. You know, felt good about both picks. Uh, two offensive guys, obviously. The first one was Shee Rice, uh, SMU. Um, you know, explosive, uh, fast twitch kid. Um, you know, really good with the ball after the catch. He's like a running back after the catch. Um, you know, so he, he can play inside, he can play outside. So, you know, coaches will find a, a way to get him involved in the offense. But I uh, feel really good about him. And then with the second pick, we took one year more, out of Oklahoma, uh, tackle. Um, you know, uh, played right tackle at Oklahoma, also played, he was at Tennessee before the first couple of years, and actually played beside Trey Smith playing left tackle. So um, big, long, athletic guy that, uh, you know, will get in the mix here at tackle. So excited about both picks. Um, you know, we got five picks here tomorrow, so... Uh, but feel good about these two picks here tonight. Did, did you guys feel like defensive line, wide receiver, and offensive tackle were the three biggest needs? Are you guys glad to get those three checked off the first two days of the draft? Here? Yeah, there's always a sense of you know what you need, but we're really looking at the best value on the board. Um, so you know, the first night we took Felix, also, you know, obviously a, a pass rusher. Uh, you can't get enough of those guys. Um, and then we came back. We knew we wanted to take a receiver here in, in the second round here early. We moved up for, for Rice. Um, and, uh, you know, we were able to get a tackle here in the third. So we felt good about filling the needs, uh, but also staying true to the board, too, as well. Mike, what made trading up in both scenarios, you know, appealing for you guys? You know, so we have a cluster of guys that we were looking at. And, and we felt like, you know, you know, Veach said, you know, let's, let's just go up and get our guy. Um, so I think heading into this night here, you know, we were we were targeting some wide receivers, and uh, you know, Rashid was our guy, so we went up and got him. And that was really it. And then, you know, we got to the third round, and um, you know, we had a cluster of guys, and and uh, knew we wanted to get a tackle, uh, and Wanye was was the guy we were we were going after. Mike, what, what was it about uh, Rice that led you to believe he's going to be a better player than maybe some of the other receivers who were available? Particularly the two guys from Tennessee. Yeah, you know when we looked at them in the fall, and and, and uh, you know Jason Lamb, our era scout, and Jonathan Howard went in there. Um, you know, just really talented guy. And then we got a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl. Um, got a chance to see him up up close live. And um, you know he's a big kid. He's explosive. Um, the one thing he really does, he had like a forty-one inch vertical leap. I mean, this kid is explosive. You know, he'll, he'll go up and get the football, and then once he catches the ball, you can see he's violent, and he turns into a running back after the catch. And so that's a big part of our offense here. Um, so we felt really comfortable with him. Um, you know, like I said, got a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl, and then uh, had him in here on a visit as well. And, um, you know, he met with uh, our offensive staff, and, and, you know, we felt really good about him. You see your kick return potential? Yeah, I mean, he, he's got the, you know, he didn't do much of it at SMU, but, you know, he can, he can do that for sure. Mike, you, know? you touched on just the positions you got, but the, the, the cliche premium positions. Um, how much does that factor in just going into the overall draft strategy as opposed to meeting just maybe exact roster needs? Yeah, so once again, Sam, you know, you're always looking at the best value on the board, but when you see you know, those premier positions, um, you know, like Felix is a, is a pass rusher. Uh, so you can't, you know, Coach Reed always says you can't have enough of those guys. 
pass rushers, you know, offensive line, defensive line, corners. Um, so, yeah, that certainly does come into play, you know, when we're, we're looking at the board is, you know, those, those premier positions and, and, you know, the cost is high to get those guys. It's, you know, it's early in the draft or if it's in free agency, those guys cost a lot. Um, so, yeah, that does, that does come into play. Just second early, just how much of what you guys accomplished before this draft do you think allows you to, to maybe implement that? Yeah, I mean, so you have the two big acquisition periods. So we had free agency to look at, you know, you, you, at the end of the season, what's the strengths and weaknesses and what ultimately are our needs. And so, you know, you look at what can we fill in free agency that makes sense. And then heading into the draft, you look at, you know, what the needs are. And, you know, fortunately, we have a pretty good roster here. Um, so, you know, we're just getting really guys to come in here and compete and uh, add depth to the roster right now. Mike, does, um, by adding Morris tonight, does that sort of solidify that Juwan Taylor will go from right tackle to left tackle next season? I, I don't think anything's set in stone right now. You know, we'll get to OTAs and, and, and Coach Heck plays these guys everywhere just to kind of see, you know, what's the best five and, you know, you know who fits where. Um, so, you know, that's, that's all up to Coach Heck and, and the offensive staff. Mike, we know about your relationship and, and Brett's relationship with Patrick Mahomes. There was a number of pass catchers that went down there. It seems like Rice were one, was one of them. How much do you guys weigh the input, and, and what are some of the things maybe he, he said he liked about playing with Rice? He was down there, Rice? Yeah, that's what he told us. Oh, sorry. That was bad. Sorry. Hey, listen, it, it, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes, and everyone's going to want to go out and, and work with him. And I think about Pat, you know, he'll, he'll go out in the playground and, and, and throw the ball around to anyone. So, you know, there's a bunch of players down there, and of course we're going to take Pat's input. How does that actually work? I mean, they just go down to see asking. You ask him how, how does that operate? You know, Pat's down there. Everyone knows he's down. You know, he's down in, in Dallas area, and, and and you know, Rashid was down there in the area. So that, you know, he just he linked up with Pat and he went down there to work out with him. How much is the Morris pick just a, a bet in a sense on the, the measurables and some of the traits and that belief kind of translating to what Andy Heck might be able to do and has done with certain? Yes, yeah, he's a big, long. Athletic tackles played, you know, played right tackle at Oklahoma, and like I said, he played left tackle at Tennessee when he was there playing next to Trey. Um, so, you know, he's he's got a he's got a ton of tools. You know, he's long, he's athletic, he's got the feet. Now he's got to put everything together, um, and we feel comfortable, you know, with our room here that uh, he'll learn from some of these guys here. Mike, does his familiarity with Trey factor into your decision at all to bring him here? Yeah, you know, he, he did have a relationship with Trey, and I think some of the guys reached out to Trey about him, um, and then we brought him in here, of course. Um, so, yeah, that does factor into it a little bit. I think Trey was kind of like a big brother to him at Tennessee. Um, so, like I said, you know, we have a really good room in that offensive line room. Um, so, yeah, some of that does come into, uh, come into play. He's one of these guys who been to two schools, played for like three coaches because there's been a lot of things kind of going on in his life. Is it get here, it's a real stable environment can be really good for him as well? Yeah, so when you look at, you always have to look at, you know, the room that they're going to go into. And like I said, we feel like we have a very good room here uh, for him to kind of gravitate towards and and learn from these guys. So, yeah, that that, that does factor into it. That is what you've accomplished in the first couple of days, such up for tomorrow. 
Yeah, so, you know, I, I think we've, we've filled some needs. Um, you know, certainly there's some other areas of, of depth on the roster that we have to take care of. And, um, you know, we have five picks tomorrow, so, you know, we'll go to work here in the morning. What are those areas needing some depth? Um, you know, you go across the board, you know, can always add more offensive linemen, always add more defensive linemen. Like I said, the premium positions, right? Um, can't have enough corners, can't have enough safeties, you know, secondary guys. Uh, so we're, you know, we're at a point now we're looking at the board and who, who's the best player on the board that we can add into the mix um, that could add some depth to the roster. We didn't get to talk to you last night. Felix, there was a bunch of edges out there that people kind of had graded well. You guys got one of them. What in particular did you like about him through talking to him and watching tape? Yeah, now he's a great kid, you know, self-made kid. You know, he came into Kansas State. He was underweight. and He put on some weight there. Um, and then he just got better along the way as we watched him in you know, the last couple of years. Um, and he's, you know, he's relentless as a pass rusher. And it's kind of funny, you know, I was looking at him in the fall and he's got that, you know, 91 number. And all I could think of was Tamba because, you know, we had, you know, I was here with Tamba. And uh, he does play a lot like him, you know. So, you know, and, um, you know, local kid and he's going to work. And, and, and he's still a young kid, so I still think he has a lot of room to grow. Um, but, you know, excited to get him here. Mike, can you elaborate, elaborate what, what similarities you see in his game from Tom's game? He's relentless, and that's how Tombo was. You know, he, he just found a way to the quarterback. Um, you know, constantly trying to get off blocks. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of slither to him, too, like Tomba did. Um, but really, just that relentless motor uh, kind of reminded me of Tomba. Karloftis like that? George is just like that, yeah, yeah. Were you able to see him in person in Manhattan? Um, you know what? I, I saw him here at the at the local uh, pro day here for the first time and got a chance to, to visit with him and talk with him. Um, you know, he's an impressive young man. Um, and um, it, it's going to be great to add him to the group here with all these other guys. Mike, uh, what do you feel like you learned most about Rice throughout this process? Um... You know, you, you watch the tape, it just jumps out to you. You know, the, the physical traits, right? You can go up and get the football. And, um, but you also want to, you know, try to get, you really don't know until you get them in the building and the coaches start meeting with them. Um, the, the football intelligence piece is a, is a big part of it. Um, so, you know, when we go through the whole process, it's, you know, first we're, we're watching the film and grading the player on the film. Um, but then, you know, you have to also bring the person in here to see if he's going to be a culture fit, um, you know, to see if he's capable of, uh, you know, picking up the offense here. Um, and he checked all the boxes. Last one. How, how do you feel like Rishi fits in with the wide receivers you already have? And did, you mentioned that after the, the catch stuff. Is that what he brings is maybe different than what you already have on the roster? Yeah, you know, you know Tony brings a lot of that too. Um, but, you know, he's, he's versatile, which is good. You know, he can play outside, he can play inside. Um, um, you know, he's just a, a physical receiver that uh, that we can really add into the mix here. You know, a little bit bigger, so he can play in a slot. Um, and he, but he can also play outside. So we really like the versatility that, that he brought to the table for us. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, congratulations. Uh, the first reaction that we're getting from the team is they, they really like your versatility. I know, I know that takes a lot of hard work. What plays into that for you and, and what makes you so versatile? Uh, I say just always been able to play multiple positions. You know, ever since high school, I always play every position in the back end from corner to safety to nickel. I always was able to move around and that that uh, moved into my college career as well. Just being able to move around and always be the guy that if we need anybody to do this or do any job, I could always be that guy to step up and do that job. So. That's something I've always been doing for a minute, so yes, sir. We'll go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Chamari, congratulations, man. Um, you know, I mean, is there anybody that you like like to pattern your game after? Anybody you like to study? Anybody you you kind of compare yourself to as far as a player in the, already in the NFL? Uh, yes, sir. Somebody that I, that I, I love to study. One of like I say over the last couple of years, he's been one of my favorite players is Buda Baker. The the way the way he the way he flies around and make plays and just always around the ball, um, that really always stood out to me. I always wanted to be that kind of player. So the way that he just fly around, make plays, he can play multiple positions. So that's definitely somebody I study. We'll go next to Nate Taylor. Hello, congratulations. Um, just wanted to ask you what excites you most about joining the Chiefs, and what were your conversations like with them before the draft? Oh man, um the. The, can, you, can you repeat the beginning of the question? Yeah, sure. No problem. What excites you most about joining the Chiefs and what were the conversations like with them before the draft? Uh, just everything, everything about the Chiefs um, just just excites me. You know, it's a great team, great program, great uh, NFL club. So, you know, you know, they the Chiefs been part of the last last couple um, Super Bowl champions. So. You know, they're a great team. I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to, you know, join those guys. As far as um my conversation before, um, I had a I had a meeting with with um the Chiefs on the eighteenth. So and it was it was something that was planned like a month early. So they had they had scheduled a meeting right before a week before the draft. So I was very excited to get on the call with them and talk to them. So it was a a, a great feeling when I heard my name called. We'll go next to Matt McMullen. Hey, Jamari. Welcome to the Chiefs, man. Yes, sir. Thanks. Uh, special teams was a big part of your game at Virginia Tech. Just how much pride do you take in special teams? Uh, I take so much pride in special teams. You know, that special teams was how I earned my name at Virginia Tech. You know, my freshman year, I came in, starting all four special teams, then red shirt, um, was always – always that guy to to get those special team honors. So 
I take it very serious. That's you know, even even outside of my freshman year, that was always part of my career to be on those teams and fly down and, and make those plays on special teams. That was always a big part of Virginia Tech. So I'm definitely gonna carry that with me. And we'll go last, Sam McDowell. Hey Tamari, what's up, man? Um, just I assume as the draft gets to a certain point, you start envisioning what it would be like to be picked by any of these teams. What even before you heard your name or got the phone call from the Chiefs, um, what were your sort of preconceived thoughts of, about Kansas City at that point? Um, you know the Chiefs. That's that's that would always be um, one of the top teams that 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 I definitely wanted to be picked by, just because you know Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl champs, you know, I want to win games. I want to win ball games. I want to be a part of the team that, that cares so much about winning. So the Chiefs always been at the top of my list. Thanks, Chamari. That was easy. We're done with you. Have a All great right. day. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. You too. Hey, BJ. How's it going? Hey, Pretty good. Pretty good. How y'all doing? We are fantastic. Looking forward to talking to you. So we're going to go ahead and get this started. We'll start with Todd Palmer. For sure. Uh, hey, BJ. Congratulations, man. Um, I, I wondered if you could take me through the decision to leave Baylor. And then what were you up to in 2019 when you were out of football before uh, heading to Stephen F. Austin? Um, the decision to leave Baylor came a little bit after my, well, after my sophomore season, after the bowl game. Um, just kind of felt that, you know, it would be better if I, you know, end up uh, continuing my career somewhere else. Um, came with a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, for the time that I was home in 2019, it was just just kind of going through it mentally. It was, it, it was a point of time where I was really kind of down to my lowest. Like I said, I was going through a lot of things mentally, you know, emotionally. And just the desire to play football kind of fell away and just kind of felt a little unmotivated. But in the back of my head at the same time, I still knew that I wanted to accomplish my goal that I set when I was first, second grade of playing in the NFL. We'll go next to Todd. Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, congratulations, man. Uh, you talked a little bit about it there, but I wonder if you could just talk about the, the journey as a whole, right? Small town in Arkansas to the Big 12, down to Stephen F. Austin, and now getting drafted by the world champs. I mean, can you encapsulate all that into your thoughts right now? Man, I, I can say it's a, it's a blessing for sure. It's a blessing, especially coming from where I come from, this small town in England, Arkansas. Man, it, it, it's really a blessing. You know, I give all honor and praises to God because without him, could none of this be possible at all. Um, just keeping my faith in him, keep my eyes on him and, and just staying hungry. Keep, you know, stay grinding, um, you know, looking forward, you know, living in the present and, you know, just knowing that everything's going to work out in the end. You know, that that's it's kind of all the most I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm glad, you know, that I that I'm able to, you know, accomplish my dreams and all my hard work um, haven't have been unnoticed. So just blessed right now. We'll go next to Matt Derrick. Hey, thanks, Sydney. I have a couple of questions for you, BJ, and, and congratulations, like everybody else said. Um, when you when you you mentioned a little bit about you know having your love for football challenged a little bit, how did you get that back? How did your time at Stephen F. Austin help you kind of rediscover that passion? Um, just being away from the game uh, for that long um, when when I was out of school that that just um, put in realization, you know, that like. You know, um, I love the game and I, you know, you, you know, and, you know, I want to get back on that field. I want to get back, you know, to to how it was, you know, to how everything was. And so um, just going into Stephen F. Austin 2019, um, I was just happy to be back, you know, from every aspect, from just being back in the classroom, being back on the campus, being back on the football field, being back in meeting rooms, 
um, it was all just a blessing that I, you know, I was able to return to that. And um, it just instantly, you know, love of football just started, just started back growing. I never really lost the love of football. Um, just, you know, like I said, I was just going through a, a, a bad mental time. It was, a, it was a, a point in my time mentally where I was just, you know, kind of, you know, everywhere. So um, as, soon as, step, as soon as I stepped back on campus, as soon as I stepped back on that football field, everything started going smooth again. And I, I had a chance back in 2018 to talk to your brother, Blake, when he was here. Uh, what, did you, what did you learn from his experience in Kansas City? And what advice did he give you? Um, he told me just be patient, man, and grind, go out grinding every day. You know, nothing's going to be handed to you. Um, you just got to go out there and grind, get it every day, you know, prove yourself. Um, and like I said, every day, like literally every day, um, like say, when, once you get to this point, it's a job, you know, it's, it's really a business. It's not like college anymore. It's not like high school anymore. So you got to go out there and take it because there's always someone else who wants it just as bad as you. So, you know, just go out there and live every day, you know, like it's your last and put in the work and everything else going to follow. We'll go next to Pete Sweeney. Congratulations, BJ. If if you were to describe your your plan and and strategy and, uh, as a, a pass rusher to somebody, what would you be uh, saying there? Um, speed, uh, especially uh, my pass rushing ability, my athletic ability. Um, I, I was blessed with um, you know great athletic ability, so I'm always gonna go with speed first. I'm always gonna you know try to use my speed, my athletic ability to um, you know be able to bend around that edge in that corner, and um, just continue to develop uh, my pass rush um, toolbox um, moves, refine a few things. Um, I'm sure that you know, especially with this coaching staff here at the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll be able to just do just that. So I'm, but for sure, I'm gonna utilize my speed off the off the back. We'll go next to Sam McDowell. Hey, BJ, um, you kind of just answered a little bit what I was going to ask, but because of athleticism, do you feel like you still have a lot of room to grow, particularly, um, you know, as you make this transition? I do. I do. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface right now because I feel like a lot of my college career, um, you know, I have been developed into a pretty good pass rush, you know, learn some moves here and there, but I feel like I'm nowhere near, um, you know, what I'm capable of doing. Um, a lot of pass rush time, a lot of times that pass rush, I just relied on kind of like you said, my athletic ability, my speed, my ability to just beat tackles. Um, I know I'm not going to always be able to have to be able to do that, especially at this level. So, um, just being able to develop pass rush moves and just redefine my pass rush, um, especially at the NFL level, I feel like it's, it's no wonder it's what I can end up turning out to be. Last but not least, Vahe. Hey, BJ, uh, congratulations. Um, I, two questions. One is just, I, I wonder if you can point to a sort of single moment when you realized it, that you're, you're ready to get back to the game. If there was one, one thing in particular that, that really struck you, uh, whether it was mentally or just in your heart. And then one other follow up. Um, I don't think it was one thing in particular. Um, you know, I believe it was just over the course of time. Um, you know, just being back here in England, Arkansas and just, um, I really didn't like that feeling, especially, um, you know, looking back in the past, like looking at um, pictures and videos, just, you know, just me back at Baylor, you know, uh, winning the Texas Bowl, um, starting a few games as a freshman, um, just all the memories and, 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 and the good times I had of being um, a part of a college program, a college football team. Um, so just the course of those things, you know, just really put it in perspective that, you know, I, I got to get back on that football field. I got to get back you know, in a football organization on a college campus and, uh, you know, just make uh, fulfill that dream that I always had when I was little. And and the other thing is just you, you've referred a lot to England. I wonder if you can tell us what, what makes it so special to you and, and what, what sets it apart, what, what, what it's like living there. Man, England is a special place for sure. Um, I feel that we've had 
countless numbers of athletes come out of England, Arkansas that I feel that could have, you know, really done something, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, track, um, one thing or another. Um, just never really got the you know, notoriety, um, you know, being in a small country town in Arkansas or, you know, other things may have happened, um, circumstances, situations, whatnot. And, um, you know, since I, I, I feel like I've always kind of been destined to, you know, be one of the ones kind of to break that barrier, you know, um, it's a kind of been a loss for hope here in my hometown. Like it's kind of the, the sense that um, people from England, Arkansas, you, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for people to make it out of England, Arkansas. You got to move somewhere else to do something out of England. And uh, I just take pride in um, sticking it out here in my hometown and and make and actually making it happen and trying to be the one to restore faith in my hometown. You know, being one of the first ones to actually be, um, make something of themselves. You know, so I take a lot of pride in that. Um, I grew the people I played with my senior year of high school, the same people I played with my in first and second grade. Uh, all grew up together. The whole town knows everybody. So I'm just happy I could really do that for my hometown. Thank you, BJ. We look forward to seeing you soon. We're all done. No, sir. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, here's all of our local media. They're super pumped to talk to you. Um, we will go ahead and start with Matt McMullen. Okay, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? <laughs> man, I'm, I'm probably a little... I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Well, that's my question for you. What's it mean to you that you're a Kansas City Chief? Man, it means a lot. Um, it means a lot because – hello? Hello? Did you hear me? Yep. Um, it means a lot. Um, the fact that, first off, just for me being in this situation and being in the NFL is a blessing. I was a drink coach since I was a kid. Um, and then plus to be in Kansas City, I mean, just not – Kansas, Missouri City. I, I got that right. They told me, you know, Chiefs King, don't, don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm still learning right now, but just to be a part of this franchise is amazing. And so just for me to be a Chief is a blessing because literally I just won a Super Bowl. And all I want to do is help the team win in any any type of way that I can. So me already coming to a winning team, I could just add my juice into it and just just hopefully we just keep winning the way that the way that they did. And well, the way I can say the way we did, because I'm part of Kansas City, Kansas City Chief. Oh, it's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just happy. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go next to Matt. Matt Derrick. Hey, Keandre. Congratulations and welcome to the Chiefs, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part of this. Hey, you uh, You were pretty versatile as far as, you know, the interior of the line in Texas and, and lining up in different positions. What's your favorite place? Where do you think that you fit in best? Is it as a true nose, a you know, a one, a three tech? You know, where do you feel like you're the best and most productive? Um, it was, it, it was. I think for me, um, how it was for me was whatever the team needed me to play at the time. I could, I could tell you, I, I could be good at nose. I could tell you, I'd be good at three. I could tell you, I'd be too high, one shade. Um, all positions that I feel like if I go out on the field, I could play well. I think nose is probably a little better in my in my um, vision because. I started at I started like that when I got to college. Um, I played in multiple defenses since I've been in college, so I, I think I could really help help a team right now and knows help the teams right now and knows right now. And if they need to move me in the shade, they need to move me two wide and three. Trust me, I'm gonna go out there and play just like I would play on those. So I think all of them, to be honest. Are there any tackles around the league that yeah, you watch that you admire? You really model your game after? A lot of them. I mean, I could I could sit here and give you a whole list. I could give you Vida from Buccaneers, but I mean, Chris Dunn. I mean, I would. I can't believe I'm about to play next to Chris Dunn if I even get to play next to Chris Dunn. I can, man, a lot of players. I could give you so many names about. I mean, to be honest, everybody in the NFL, I could tell you it was good to me. So I could just tell you Vida 
uh, for the Buccaneers is somebody I, I kind of see myself as too. Um, Chris Jones, he just he's a heck of a player. Um, I, I need to prove some more that I, if I won't even see myself like him. But um, it's a lot of players I can see myself like that. But those couple players right there, I can say. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, I uh, wanted to ask you a little bit about you. You, you played nose, right? You probably go, went up against Creed Humphrey once or twice early in your career or in, in his career when you were in the uh, Red River shootout. What are your thoughts about him and some other guys? I don't know if you played against or not. They just strapped to Wanya Morris, right? And did you ever go up against Lucas Niang when he was at TCU? Oh, uh, Lucas. I know. I re I remember Creed uh, for sure. I remember uh, one of the. I think his last one, um, Oklahoma, before he left and went to the drive. First off, he's a a heck of a player. Um, obviously, that's why he's all pro center ever since he's been in the league and things like that. Um, but I remember that game. I remember after the game we lost. Um, he came up to me and said, "You're a good player," and I was surprised for him to even say that. I remember that, even though it was a couple years ago. I, I still remember that, and the fact that I get to play with him, and the fact that I get to compete against him. Um, it's just an honor. I mean, I'm going against probably the best center in the league for every day that I get the chance to practice with the team. So, um, yeah. We'll go next to Todd Palmer. Hey, congratulations, Keandre. Um, I was wondering if you could give me one thing that you think uh, you do now that will translate well to the NFL and one thing that you think you want to start working on ahead of the 2023 NFL season. Um, I think um, – Adjusting to pass rush, from run to pass rush, um, I kind of picked that up this previous year. Um, really worked on that a lot, and I and I kind of showcased myself this previous year of my college uh, college year. Uh, what I probably would love to work on the most is just staying low and just staying consistent the whole time. Um, using my hands as much as I can every play. Don't get lazy, um, even if you're tired or not, but just always strike with your hands and stay low at all times because sometimes I can probably get up and try to look for the ball standing up with my legs instead of just always bending down and just striking and just having control of the offensive alignment. So I think things like that I should work on. Uh, I would, would like to work on. Also going to work on run block and pass rush even more. I'm, I'm, it's always something you can improve on, but those are probably the main things I, I would love to work on. We'll go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Keandre, uh, congratulations. It seems like you're almost overwhelmed, but in a good way. Can you just describe what it meant to get the call from the Chiefs? Uh, it was an honor. Uh, it was it was an honor. Uh, the the just the way the draft went, I, I probably watch every pick. Um, I, I probably checked my phone probably a million times, and I don't even think that's impossible to check your phone a million times. But I think I did. Um, I was just uh, I was very anxious, just you know, just wondering like who would give me a chance, who would take the opportunity. Um, again, for it to be Kansas Kansas City, I mean, the Chiefs. It was just I was really in shock when I, when I when I, when, uh, I was. My girlfriend at the time was uh, was breastfeeding and she needed this tool in the sink, so I'm cleaning it and my phone is connected to my tablet and it just started ringing, started going crazy so loud. I'm like, man, who was calling me this time? You know, because usually a family member called me or something like that. And my my girl said it's Kansas, and I just on my head like, oh no, it, it can't be, ain't no way. So I just quickly answer. I try to answer quickly. They probably thought I was trying to answer because my hands was wet, so I couldn't really swipe. You know, how <laughs> iPhones be. So when I, I, I heard him and dried it off, swiped it, got on the phone, and just when he when he said this is Kansas City Chiefs, and I just I I, I really just wanted to just I, I kind of I swear I think I broke down and cried. I really can't really remember. I got to go back to the moment my girlfriend recorded it. But man, it was just it was a blessing to get that call. One from defending champs. Um, I get to play. I get to get coached by 
Andy Reid, you know, one of the best head coaches in the league, um, played with so many players that I've looked up to and just watched over the time that I, I love sports. I, I watch football all the time. So just me watching them, the fact that I'm about to be on that team is just it's crazy. And, and it was just a blessing all in one. I don't know if they answer your question, but yeah. You did well. Thank you. And we'll go last to Nick Jacobs. Hey, Keandre, my question for you is who's the coach that it really clicked with for you that you connected with that really kind of brought out the player you've become? Man, um, I could scream it out loud. I mean, but I'm going to tell you, Coach Bo Davis, um, I felt like he was a coach that really got it out of me at the time in college. Um, I've had three different D-line coaches. Um, I had three different defensive coordinators. So I just felt like it was never really – really consistent in college for me. But when I actually got consistent in my last couple of years in the in, in college and Coach Bo Davis really took took my development and 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 and, and skyrocket to where I mean after this I'm gonna call him and give him the biggest thanks, the biggest love, message, anything I can, because that was a coach that really believed for me, really believed in me and, and, and really just stuck it out with me because you could you could you could tell that a lot of people wasn't probably into me a lot like that, but he was one coach that consistently stayed on me. And I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for him, and I'm, I'm just thankful for him. Thank you, Keandre. We look forward to seeing you next weekend. Enjoy Thank your you. night. Yes, ma'am. Chief Kingdom, stand up! <laughs> I'm excited! Hello. Hey, can you hear us okay? I can hear y'all good. Okay, great. Um, here's our local media, so we're going to go ahead and get this started. We're going to start with Matt McMullen. Yes, sir. Nick, congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, just what's it mean to you to be drafted by the Chiefs? Um, It's surreal. Dream come true, to say the least. You know, it's, it's one thing to get picked, and it's another thing to get picked by a team that you was kind of hoping you would get picked for. So this is this is a great feeling. We'll go next to Sam McDowell. Hey, Nick. Um, why do you say the Chiefs were the team you were hoping to go to? Uh, it really was a handful, but just because, you know, they got a thing with playing DBs, especially the DBs that they take late. And I just felt like that was a room I could really help, you know, put my stamp on and Obviously, you know, recent success reasons, who wouldn't want to be a chief? So I just feel like it's the place that I feel like I can thrive, and as a team, we would thrive. And then, you know, for a lot of people in Kansas City, they're going to be getting to know you for the first time. Can you kind of describe, the, you know, your style of play, what what type of um, player they're getting here? Uh, I'm a dog. I'm hungry. You know, I'm a risk taker. I feel like, you know, the regular people that just sit and watch games, they can relate to guys like me because everything, you know, I've done has just been a hard way. If today wasn't even more of a, you know, an example, even more indicative, that I just get it the hard way. I'm from whatever they from, you know, so I'm just, I feel like I'm kind of like a bridge between the people and the team. We'll go next to Jesse. Hey, Nick. Uh, just I, I, how was today for you? I guess, how did you find out and uh, what was the reaction around you? Well, um, I was in talks with a, a couple staffers, uh, mostly um, Pat Sperduto, for a handful of hours today. And it was kind of, you know, as they get later in the draft, teams reach out. And they get to talking about, you know, what would happen if you slip all the way out. So for that call to come through, you know, last second, I remember the last text I sent to um, Pat was bring me home. And as soon as the call came through, he sent me a text that said, welcome home. And it was just, you know, it was surreal. It was like a dream put all the way together. We'll go next to Matt, Derek. Hey, Nick, congratulations and welcome to the Chiefs. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, hey, it's, it sounds like you've got a pretty good understanding of what life is like for, you know, late round draft picks and uh, special teams is a huge part of it. You play a lot of special teams, it looks like, at Ball State and had some success. I know you bought some kicks. What's kind of your attitude about special teams? How do, what's your approach to it? Say, um, say that last part again for me. 
yeah, what's your what's your attitude towards special teams? What's your approach? How do you feel about it? I mean, how do you embrace it? Um, it's just another way of life for me. Football is football. It doesn't really make a difference. You know, what you're playing out there, for me, it's just another chance to make plays. So I feel like if I'm out there, it's because they trust me to make plays. So no matter how big or how small, I want to make them. Thanks, Matt. Let's go next to Nick. Nick, congrats. Um, My first question for you is, what what in your game do you feel like you bring to the table for the Kansas City Chiefs in the secondary that maybe they don't have? Um, Just versatility. You know, I got I got a lot of snaps inside and outside. As a true cover guy, you know, a true nickel guy, I feel like I'm young. I got a lot of length going for me. I feel like there's really nowhere you can't play me. I think I bring a lot of coverage to it. And then lastly, when for you personally, when did you kind of fall in love with football and really want to turn it into what it became for you? Uh, Probably the first time I ever touched the ball. You know, I probably couldn't even tell you. But since I you know, put on this earth, football has kind of just been my calling. I say it became less of a dream, you know, more of a, a real pursuit. Probably around the time I got to college when I started to realize it was a chance I could make it. But it's been my first love and it's paid off. That's all we have for you, Nick. Thank you so much. We'll see you next weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Can't wait to be there. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.